This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, we are diving in to a whole new series on the business of podcasting and how to get the most from your show. And hopefully, if you're already podcasting, it's going to give you a lot more knowledge and depth of research into why and how to make your show stand out. And if you're not yet podcasting, then it's going to hopefully this series give you ideas as to how you can leverage this incredible strategy as a guest and potentially hosting your own show too. Today, I'm joined on the show by Steve Ulsher, who is the editor and founder of Podcast Magazine, which is the first of its kind, helping both content producers and the listeners to delve further into the lives and the loves of podcast hosts. Steve talks quite a lot about how to make sure you become the person who is known for your topic of influence and how to effectively pull up your chair at the right table or create your own table. And we'll be discussing today what it means to become the person who is known for your topic of influence. So I hope you enjoy the show. So today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm excited to bring in my guest, Steve Olsher, because I encountered his magazine, the podcast magazine, just a few months ago. And then Steve started cropping up all over my emails and all over Facebook. And I was just seeing him everywhere. And recently, I ended up doing a challenge of Steve's which was all about being a guest on podcasts. And it then dawned on me that he was the editor of the podcast magazine. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Steve. It's great to have you here. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. So for my listeners, would you just talk through your magazine, who it's for, what the purpose of it is, and why they might want to give it a read? Yeah, Podcast Magazine is uh, a consumer-facing magazine. So we actually focus on delivering really high-value content month in and month out for podcast fans. So our goal is really to go beyond the microphone uh, and deeper into the lives and stories that podcast fans really can't get enough of. And so in addition to, of course, featuring podcasters that uh, are are popular, well-known, and and highly visible, we also devote an ample amount of of space in the magazine each month to sharing under-the-radar shows that perhaps podcast fans haven't heard of but should be listening to. And we do independent ratings and reviews of uh, lots of different shows. Uh, And we have the podcast magazine Hot 50, uh, which is the only monthly podcast ranking chart uh, that is built by votes. And so Mm -hmm. it's actually based on podcast fans voting selections every every month. And it has nothing to do with ratings, reviews, subscribes, or downloads. Uh, It's just simply uh, what fans voted for over the course of those prior 30 days. Which is great because it's nice to give give smaller podcasters and and or people with not without massive audiences a little bit of recognition and some eyes on their shows and ears most importantly 
I read in one of the magazines, though, that uh, the idea for the magazine came up for you in October 2019. And when I read, uh, I'll get you to tell a little bit about that story about the event you were at. But what really struck me was that that day that you were there with Brendan Bouchard was the day that I launched this podcast show. So when I read that, I was like, I definitely have to have Steve on Entrepreneurs Get Visible. So talk talk Mm. through what you were thinking. Why did Podcast Magazine come into play? Yeah, so I've been a podcaster since 2009, and uh, I've always been a big fan of the medium. And I just I kind of felt, I don't know, maybe about three, four years ago that there was a much bigger opportunity here in the land of, uh, of podcasts than uh, I think most were really giving credence to. And so I was doing lots of different things online and coaching and having built several multi-million dollar businesses over the years. Uh, it just gave me a unique opportunity to, to help people create their own six, seven, you know, eight figure businesses, providing guidance based on my expertise and experience there. And, and so I had been going down that path of, of doing some coaching, consulting, and, and some other things online as well, having been online for the better part of, well, at, at this juncture, almost 30 years, because we launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 1993. So it's been, you know, a number of years online. But I really felt a few years ago like there was just a much bigger opportunity here in the space of podcasting. And as someone who really loves the the medium, has always loved radio, and just recognizing that podcasting gives you the opportunity to really have, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of your own radio station. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was just a much bigger opportunity there. And at the time, there wasn't that many shows, at least not compared to where we are now. I think there was maybe about 400-odd thousand podcasts that were available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, at that time that I started saying, you know what, I I really do want to get much deeper into this space here. So I started by creating an event uh, where we gave podcasters the opportunity to meet amazing guests to to book them on their shows and kind of did a little uh, matchmaker type of uh, live events, so to speak. And as my, you know, my interest continued to grow in this medium, and as I continued to really start to say to myself, you know, how can I put myself into the the conversation of podcasting so that my name comes up when people are talking about this medium. You know, it was very clear it wasn't going to happen just through the power of my own podcast. I mean, we have a decent number of downloads, but nothing crazy. And I wasn't creating an event that was going to go out and, and, and you know, be able to seat thousands and thousands of people, right? Because every attendee takes the stage to pitch the podcasters. So we, I knew that was going to be a smaller scale event. And the, the bottom line is, as I began looking at the, the landscape heading into 2019 and seeing how the numbers were growing, and also recognizing there were some really good publications out there that served podcasters fairly well and, and events that were serving podcasters fairly well. Uh, I just didn't see anything out there that was doing a, a really good job of serving consumers in terms of a, a Sports Illustrated or a Wired or a People Magazine type uh, approach to the world of podcasts. And that's what we decided to do was to create that consumer-facing publication. And like you said, that that original idea came uh, in October of 2019. So that's now only seven months ago. And I believe Mm. you've had five editions go out. Is that correct? Yeah. So from the moment that the idea hit to the moment that we released our first issue, it was was about 100 days. 
Wow. And so our first issue released, I mean, it says February on it. So February technically is our volume one, number one uh, release, but it was actually released in uh, in January. Amazing. So what do you think the benefit of just taking action and going for it was for you, Steve? Yeah, you know, for us, it was it, it was definitely one of those no question sort of moments where I knew that the I knew that the opportunity was there. It never really crossed my mind in terms of whether or not this was something that we we should do. It was always that yes, heck yes, we need to we need to do this. It was always just a question of all right, in the back of my mind, how do we do this right? And knowing that to do it right was going to be a five-figure-plus proposition. And then to continue to do it right moving forward in terms of assembling a team and creating a first-class product and designing it really well and then distributing it. You know, it was just one of those like, God, is this something I, I, I really do want to take on? But I, I did believe that we needed to move quickly if we were going to do it because it just, it, in my bones, I felt like we needed to have first mover advantage. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like, you know, if we're going to do this, there's probably only one name that really makes sense for the magazine, which of course would be Podcast Magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, got to get the domain name ex- right. <laughs> well, that is exactly it, you know, and so it required a bit of an expenditure to grab that domain. And I, it was a it was a, a solid calculated risk, but no doubt, uh, and, and and even today, I mean, we're still in that mode of uh, of not really knowing if it's a risk that'll pay off. In terms, though, of that concept of, and I'm going to qu- kind of qu- well semi quote you here, paraphrase something you said when I was taking part in your challenge recently, is that. If you want to be part of a conversation, you've got to think, which table do I want to sit at? And how can I claim my space at that table in an undisputed way? I love that concept. That speaks volumes to me about how you deliberately and intentionally get visible within an industry. What have been the ripple effects for you so far from deciding that you are pulling that seat up at the table? Yeah, and and so... That that is a concept that that I like to to teach because it helps people really get their arms around you know what what is the table that I want that I most want to be sitting at right mm-hmm. and so and even if you're not sitting there how does your name come up in that conversation of people other people talking about that that subject right and so for us the the magazine helped us to to become a part of that conversation but we also you know the second half of that, Anna, is that we want to also become the hub of the wheel in terms of the vertical itself. From the standpoint of, and this is applicable for you as well as an entrepreneur, is how how do you, in an ideal world, and this isn't easy to do in, in any vertical, but in an ideal world, how do you make it so that all of the spokes of the wheels somehow connect to you as it relates to that particular industry that you're looking to to make a name for yourself in. And so once we decided to move down that path and once we decided to say, hey, we're, we're going to create this magazine, it's going to do X, Y, and Z, uh, it, it really open doors in ways, I'm not going to say the, those, um, those doors were opened in an unexpected way, because I really did feel like there was a, a, a solid opportunity here. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by the fact that uh, 
as an example, pretty much any podcaster that we want access to, we now have access to, right? And that's that not only goes very powerful, and that only goes, you know, that that goes not only for me as the founder and editor in chief, and being able to sit down with people like Dave Ramsey and Adam Carolla and Katie Couric and uh, Jenna Kutcher and you know so on and so forth. Uh, but also for the category directors that we brought on board to really take ownership of their respective category, whether it's society and culture or health and fitness or science, you know, all the top level categories that you see in Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have a category director who our, our goal is to make them influencers in their own right as far as the industry is concerned. And then that's proving to be the case as well. Yeah, it's really powerful. One of the kind of monikers that you you go by is the Master of Reinvention. And I know that that's the name of the Facebook group, Masters of Reinvention, that you currently run. How much has this going down the podcasting route been a whole new reinvention for you? And how much is it a natural progression? Yeah, it's, I mean, look, reinvention is certainly something that has been a, a theme of, of my life. Um, and you know, moreover, in terms of my career, just trying different things and recognizing that, you know, sometimes you you take a path as far as it can go and, and you got to head down a different path. Mm-hmm. And so what this does is it really supports the path that I had begun to forge in 2009 when we released our first, uh, our first episode of Reinvention Radio. So uh, again, I am, I am a huge proponent of the medium as is evidenced, obviously, by Podcast Magazine. But the the reinvention, so to speak, of of shifting from podcaster and solely being a podcaster to having an event uh, that focuses on the industry to having a, a year long mastermind, for lack of a better term, that we call Icon Maker, where we help people become icons in their niche and launch mm-hmm. their own podcasts and develop online courses, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then ultimately playing that out a step further to really build influence and credibility and authority through the magazine. Uh, I think it's all been you know, a, a perpetual state of reinvention and all very much complementary once we decided that podcasting is the conversation that we most want to be part of. Mm, it's powerful making that statement and making that decision as to where you're going to play, which table you want to be at. One of the things that you said and actually inspired me to do an episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible just last week was that, well, you know, when you have two ideas or you've maybe got three ideas for what business, what thing you want to focus on, and you just don't know which one to go to. You talked about making the decision based on well, which one, which one could I get to $100,000? Which one can I monetize the quickest? Because then you have the ability to play and choose and be flexible. And I found that really inspiring. And, and I have often people come to me saying, I just don't know which part of my business to build. I don't know what to do next. I'm stuck. I'm lost. And actually, I think very often many of us want to have a wider impact. That's potentially why we are podcasting in the first place. That's maybe why we're writing a book or getting onto stage in the first place. But if you can't monetize something, you can't grow and scale your credibility and authority to reach more people. And I just wanted to share with you that 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 concept that you shared really spoke to me. And it's something I've shared with my listeners as well. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, so what, again, just real quick here and turn the tables for a second. So what really hit home or resonated for you about that that landed differently than perhaps hearing similar things in the past? Well, I think, I think sometimes, Steve, that with podcasts or hearing audio or voice, sometimes the delivery of it, yes, we've heard the message before, but there's something about the way someone speaks. There's something about the, the way that their tone is at a particular time that the ambiance of their voice, the tone of their voice that can hit you. Even if you've heard those specific words before, there's something about voice that's really powerful. And I think particularly with audio and podcasts, we can be listening to something and we're doing other activities. You know, we're doing the washing up, the hoovering, tidying up. And so other parts of our brain are engaged elsewhere. And I think for me, it really took me back to times in my life when I've had to make decisions and I've had to leave elements of my business behind for now in order to focus on something else because I can see the opportunity to monetize, to have that freedom, to have to reach those financial goals, those lifestyle goals. And I think yeah. that this is, why, this is why podcasting is important to me. And it's because sometimes... You need to hear, as the receiver, as the listener, you need to hear a message in a particular way for it to hit home. And I mm. think that's what your message really struck me as. So I, lis- I was listening to your audios from your, the videos from your challenge while I was out walking. So I was only listening to it as audio. And because I was doing something else, I was involved in another activity. It, yours was the voice that made me go, that's something I know. That's something I believe in. I just hadn't crystallized it as a thought in quite that way before. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And the other way to think about it, and I appreciate the clarity around that, and hopefully this will help those uh, listening right now as well, which is, you know, it really just boils down to, let's just call it, it's an accounting term, which is uh, opportunity cost, right? And, and basically what opportunity cost means is there is a certain cost that is involved with anything that you do. And let's just look at it from a, from a business perspective in this, in this conversation. From the standpoint of if you are doing something, you cannot do something else. And so ultimately, it's the, you know, if you go to, to, the, the, to the world of, of, uh, of science, or physics, if you will, you know, two objects cannot occupy the same space. Right. I mean, it is physically impossible for two objects to occupy the same space. Well, it's the same thing that holds true for you when you are doing multiple things. You are trying to occupy the same space with your time or your energy or your resources. And so when you devote time and energy and resources to one particular activity, it doesn't allow you to devote those same time, energy and resources to another activity. So ultimately, you have to choose which path do you want to go down and which path is ultimately going to provide what you would say is the highest ROI. In in real Mm -hmm. estate, they call it the highest and best use, which basically means that if you take a piece of property and look at the zoning and look at what's possible in the variances and this, that, and the other a real estate developer and having done 50 odd million dollars in real estate development over the years, it's a term that I became very near and and dear and familiar with. Mm -hmm. It it is a question of what is the highest and best use of this property. And it's the same thing for you and, uh, and, and what it is that you take on. 
And I think lots of people do struggle with making those decisions. So hopefully somewhere between you and I having this conversation, something we've said today will hit home. And I think that is the that is the power of podcasting. And we do need to have other people's voices out there. And I love that your magazine is giving spotlight to those voices that aren't necessarily being heard because it's always the, the big boys at the top of the charts. So, so Steve, how can people find out a bit more about you and about the magazine? Yeah, and, and obviously we've been talking about the magazine. So podcastmagazine.com is, is the best place to, to go insofar as the magazine is concerned. And well, my world is, is captured as best as we can uh, at steveolsher.com. So S-T-E-V-E-O-L-S-H-E-R.com and lots of, lots of freebies and, and fun stuff to, to check out there. Great. So to close then, Steve, if you were to advise someone who is really wanting to get visible in their industry, what would be your three pieces of advice? Number one, when you say their industry, again, based on the conversation that we were having earlier, uh, I would say number one is to make sure that you're just very clear on how to articulate the, the conversation you most want to be a part of in one or two or or three words, right? Like for us, we call, we call it your topic of influence. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's the, the one or two or three word description of really what it is that you focus on. So for us, that topic of influence uh, is podcasting or podcasts. For Anna, it might be, you know, entrepreneurship or, or business or, uh, you know, startups or, you know, what, whatever that, you know, that is for you, Anna. And you'd obviously have to clarify that. But just off the surface, that seems like it would be one of those things. So that's, that's number one, really get clarity on your topic of influence again, or uh, if you think about it this way, uh, think about it in terms of a search term. You know, what, what is the search term that people are using to be able to, to find you and and your expertise? You know, what, what is it that they're actually searching for? What are they actually saying? Right. So that's, that's number one. Number two is once you have clarity around the table that you most, you know, the table you want to sit at, the conversation you most want to be a part of, your topic of influence, right? It's all the same thing that we're talking about there. Um, then it becomes a, simply a matter of, of how can you position yourself as the the hub of that wheel? You know, how how do you how do you do something that is unique to your particular industry, your topic of influence, if you will? That really helps to differentiate who you are and delineate what you do from others who who may also be a part of of that conversation. So what is so in our case just using a practical example here in our case podcast magazine would be an example of that that hook. It is that uh, that that differentiator, that key differentiator uh, that that you know I mean look could someone else do what we're doing of course, but we've we've established a pretty solid barrier to entry. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's it, you need something that's defendable, right? Something mm. that that can stand alone on its own and really help to create the sort of sort of it speaks for you, so to speak, right? Like you don't have to it goes ahead talk of so you. much about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, right? It it paves the path for you. And then you know, number three is you really need to have an understanding of what we call your profit path, and that is a clear understanding of. Uh, let's just call it the customer journey, right? So someone hasn't heard of you, then they become familiar with you, and then they slowly come into your world. Well, as it relates to relevant products and programs and services, what is the last step on the path that someone can take with you? And 
ultimately the the phraseology that uh, that we use is that everything starts with the offer, and so yes. you have to work backwards from whatever that last step is on the path that someone can take with you. And it's really hard to enter into a meaningful conversation, an interview, launch your own products, programs, and services, et cetera, without having that clarity. So start with the offer. Great advice, Steve. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I hope that those of you listening have really enjoyed hearing Steve's take and that you'll dive over to grab yourself a copy of Podcast Magazine. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.